Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Scott, do you want to tell us about your your strong opinions about the Rusk? Well, so like I said, I, you know, so on DeBrusque, this started, well, I don't want to say start because obviously DeBrusque has come under some criticism, you know, from a lot of people this season because his point totals are way down. He has one goal, four assists in 14 games. Um, but Kevin Paul Dupont of the Boston Globe tweeted during last night's game dun, dun, dun. that that those point totals are unacceptable. Are unacceptable. So he didn't he didn't directly say that like DeBrusque's play is unacceptable, but just sort of like vaguely said like unacceptable. Um and I didn't even tweet back at him, but like I just wanted to make a point that because I was already I like I'd already dived into a bunch of sorry, dove into a bunch of stuff on on DeBrusque because I was planning to write about him anyways. And like when you boil it down, it's like the biggest differences between last season and this season for him statistically are his shooting percentage is way down. It's 3.4% this year. His career average is uh, 12.6. And he's getting a lot less power play time, basically half of what he got last year because he went from first unit to second unit. And obviously he's not playing on a line with Bergeron and Marchand and has been bouncing all around. So Everything else for DeBrusque is pretty close to being in line with where he was last year in terms of like five on five chances, scoring chances, high danger chances, all that stuff. He's actually at five on five assisting on goals at a higher rate. Um, And I thought Saturday was another game where, yeah, he, he ends up with one shot on goal. So if you just look at the box score, you say, oh, he didn't do anything. All right, but he also hit a post, which isn't a shot on goal. 
and he sprung both David Pasenak and Danton Heinen on odd man rushes that they couldn't finish. That could have easily been two assists. Like I thought, I thought the Bruins as a team struggled to create a lot of offense Saturday night. To me, he was one of the few guys doing it. So I'm not, I guess my point is like, I'm just not overly concerned about DeBrusque because I do think he's still playing the right way. I think he's still doing good things. Um, when he's on the ice, he he has the best expected goals for percentage on the team, which is basically just a measurement of like how many good things versus how many bad things are happening when you're on the ice. And there are a lot more good things than bad things happening. He's plus five at five on five. Like, I, I just think the goals are going to start coming because he's not going to shoot 3.4% for the season. Yep. And by the way, just to specifically talk about the Montreal game, he ha- I thought he had a really good game. I mean, he he was setting up offense like you mentioned. That that shot off the post was so close to going in. And that was a snipe. That was a, a nice wrist shot that you could just see, all right, those are the, the kind of plays you want him to be shooting, and he is. So um, I agree with you there. I, I Thinking back on the entire season so far, there's very few times where I can think, oh, you know, Jake, wasn't trying hard or he wasn't, you know, doing the right thing. Like he has been doing a lot of the right things. Um, and he's been moved around to have different line mates and, and different things like that. So the situation is different than it was last year for him um, playing on the first line. So he's going to have different numbers than he had last year. A lot of guys had career years last year. They're not going to have that this year more than likely because of the, just the way that the situation worked out with, Bergeron and Krejci retiring and the team having, you know, to make some tough decisions because of the cap. So uh, different there. And I'm look. I, I was scrolling through the Twitter and to find, <laughs> to find the contention here. And so basically your, your counter to aforementioned writer was that a lot of it is coming down to luck and you like you wrote in your article thing all of the statistics that point to that um and i guess it's just a good disagreement that it it's actually him playing poorly versus things just not rolling his way and i guess like leave a comment on our youtube if you agree with scott or <laughs> if you agree with said other reporter <laughs> Uh, is I mean, you could use his name. Like, <laughs> I just, I'm. It's not my feud, Scott. Your... What is it? Who, who, who is it? Voldemort can't speak his name. <laughs> right. Yeah, like his deputy. His deputy aren't going to gonna attack the podcast if you oh, say goodness. Kevin Paul Dupont. Like, <laughs> he doesn't doesn't have a trace on people using his name. Like, it's okay. Well, what I'm trying to say is, I'm an angel and I have no feuds on the ninth floor, but I've Scott, sometimes he's poking. I'm, he's like, I'm determined to change that by the end of the season. I'm, I'm getting pretty going to start a feud with me and someone. Okay. And I don't even have a, know why I don't feud a ninth floor like, presence. So I don't care. I have no horse <laughs> in the race. You, every, every, maybe like twice a year, Bridget and Scott will look down. They'll Scott will drop some popcorn from the ninth floor and I'll land on my head. But yeah, hey, Brian's <laughs> at the game. And that's the, only, that's the only time you guys know I'm there. No, I mean, I'm an angel. And also, I don't get into feuds because I don't like Twitter and I don't use Twitter. So I keep myself out of trouble. Scotty's the troublemaker. Well, Bridget, what's the uh, what would the poll question be or not poll question? What would the question be 
the headline question be for commenters to know if they agree with Scott or not. Has is Jake DeBrusque not obviously objectively he's underperforming production wise. So Dude, what's the, what's the question? Um, probably just are are you worried about Jake DeBrusque? Like, or or do you think he's playing poorly? Something like that. Okay, so with that said, I would I would ask you guys this, um, because Scott, what you're saying is essentially. It's just a lot. He's doing all the right things. He's just doing everything but scoring. So the production's not there. Got it, right? It's a matter of time. My question to you and to Bridget would be uh, if this continues for X amount of time, would you then say, all right, the analytics might still be in his favor, but it is a results-driven business, and the fact of the matter is it's been too long of him just not producing the way he should. What What's that What's that milestone for you? Like if he's still severely underproducing, call it by like January or something? Yeah, I mean, I. it's hard to answer because like I, I think one of two things, like what he's doing now, that's just not going to sustain that long. Like he's not going to get the chances he's getting and continue to shoot at such a low percentage. What? So I would say like long before we get to January, either he gets going and shots start going in, or if this continues and he's doing the right things and Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. He's getting chances and they're not going in. I think at some point, like it affects other parts of his game like that. We've seen that with DeBrus before. I haven't, I have not seen that yet this season, but I also think that's almost natural for any player. If it, if you're talking, if like a shooting slump lingers a month, two months, two, three months, like I think almost anyone starts pressing and has it affect other parts of their game. So I, I, I think it like it would come to a head before then where it would be like something ha- like he needs to be sat down or someone talks to him or whatever, because now he's letting the, now he's letting the lack of point production affect his defense and his two way game and his four check and the way he sets up teammates and his penalty killing. Like, I think it would start to affect that that other stuff long before like mid season. Um, if, if it doesn't, then honestly, like credit to him if he can keep doing all that stuff while still not getting points. But um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously, part of his job is to score, and that does have to happen at some point. So, yes, if it continues for like another month, then the conversation becomes tougher and it becomes harder to just dismiss it as, as bad luck, which I want to make clear, like, like I'm not totally dismissing it as bad luck. I, I, I just think, I think that's a big part of it, but I also think like 
moving around the lineup, not having Bergeron as a center, not being on the first power play unit. Like, I think all that stuff affects the production too. And it's not excuses. Like, it's just the reality of a situation. It's not as stable as it was last year, but it is on him to figure out how to produce despite that. So, like, yeah, he, he still has to do more. Like, I'm not totally letting him off the hook. I'm just saying, like, I think if he keeps doing what he's doing, even if he doesn't score 27 goals and 50 points again, he's going to put up more points than what he is right now. And I think the word that set you off was unacceptable, probably because I would not call his play unacceptable so far. Um, he is not, it's not like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like this isn't back when fans were, you know, upset with him and and he was kind of slumping in on the third line back when he had his trade request, like definitely different. Like he's definitely looks like he's trying and, and I don't see him being kept off the board as much as he has been. Um, as things go forward, if he's playing the way he does. So then Scott, did you feel the same way about Lindholm as well? Well, just before we go to Lindholm, I just want to ask you guys quickly. um, Would you guys say based on talent and experience alone that Jake should be driving offense alone on a line? Like I know you guys have mentioned he's bouncing around and there's, lack of chemistry and he's there's a lack of consistency with his line mates but would you say based on his skill set and the fact that he's 27 years old that it's fair to expect him to um obviously look the first take the first month aside let's talk about going forward right going forward should we expect him to be somebody who's capable of driving a line i i think so i don't think he's i don't see him as the type of player who is like by far the best player on his line and drives it, but he has to help do that. Like he has to do it for certain games and he has to be the best player on a number of shifts every game. Like that's totally fair. And I like, I think we've seen him do that. I mean, so a lot of the response that I got to the article I wrote on Sunday was like, well, he doesn't have, he's not with Bergeron and Marchand and he needed those two to lift him up. And obviously it helps playing with those two, but I think that's a little unfair and dismissive of how good DeBrusque himself was last year. Because I thought there were times when at five on five, not talking about every situation, but I thought there were times last year at five on five that he was the best player on that line. Like Bergeron and Marchand did not have the best five on five seasons of their careers, at least offensively. Obviously Bergeron's defense was still out of this world, but their five on five offensive production dipped for both of them. Um, so I, I also like don't think it's fair to just say like, well, he depended on having Bergeron and Marchand and now he doesn't have them. So he's back to, you know, the player he was two years ago when Cassidy was healthy scratching him. Like that's, I don't think that's what's happening. And like, as Bridget said, like this to me is different. This is, does not look like the the same player because that, that DeBrusque, it was easy to see him like miss defensive assignments or let up on the four check and not be aggressive. Like you could see those things. And, and Bruce Cassidy benched him as a result. 
Jim Montgomery, not only is he not benching DeBrus, he's giving him the fourth most minutes of any forward on the team. He played 19 and a half minutes Saturday night in Montreal. Like he's still getting a lot of ice time. So, you know, if Montgomery thought he was playing poorly, that obviously wouldn't be happening. 